Amen. Well, this morning, you may be seated. <laughs> this morning, I'm going to carry on from what Apostle has released over the ministry, um, dealing with the season that we are authorized. Amen. And um, it's something that is super, super exciting once we start to grasp and understand what this word actually means. And many times the word authority and submission has negative connotations because of where it's come from. Amen. But hear me, you cannot... Sure, must be careful what I say. Jesus. Um, in a pastoral model, it's hard to deal with submission and authorization. Because authorization actually deals with promotion. Authorization actually deals with promotion. Because once you have received authority for a new territory, it means you're promoted to go into that place. Amen? So I want us to understand some stuff this morning, and I want to break down some stuff this morning. But start to realize that when you deal with words like authority, and when you deal with words like submission, when you deal with words like protocol, it's all for your benefit and for your promotion. That's God's design. God would not release a word like this if there was not a place for you to go. Think about Why would you need a new level of authority if you're staying in the same environment? Amen? You're very quiet this morning. If you need, if God is giving this word, it means that the territory that's been prepared for us, it's now time to go in and possess that's why we're the harvesting generation. But you cannot enter a field that you have not been authorized to enter. Amen? Let us pray before we receive the word. Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, that I'm a man submitted under authority in this house. And so I pray, Father God, that you will flow through me, Father God, and do what needs to be done. I thank you that as I speak today, Father God, that the words that will go forth will be from the throne room of heaven. It will touch and impact lives, oh God. It will break chains, Father God, strongholds that are keeping people from their destiny, Father God, and bring light, revelation, and insight so that we can step out in faith and do what you've called us to do. In Jesus' name I pray. We all agree and say amen, amen and amen. So this morning I'm carrying on with the, with the theme authorized, and this morning is authorized for dominion. Amen. Look at your neighbor. Say, you're authorized for dominion. I say it to some pop in place, you authorize for dominion. You know, you want to say it louder when you got that mask on your face. You must shout it out so that it can actually come out. All is, mm, 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 mm. Huh? The devil is a liar. Anyway, so let's get into it this morning. Authorize for dominion. So let's break down the word quickly. Author. The Webster's Dictionary defines as one who produces, creates, or brings into being as God is the author of the universe. So an author is one who produces, creates, and brings into being. So God is the ultimate author. Amen. He is the creator of everything. He brought everything into being. Amen. Amen. And then you have the word authority. Authority is legal power or a right to command or to act as the authority of a prince over subjects and of parents over children. Power, rule, and sway. So it's a legal power. Are you with me? It's a legal power. When you're dealing with authority and something's being delegated to you, it's legally given to you. Are you with me? It's legally given to you. It is when power is subjected to another power. Are you with me? And so we're going to deal with that this morning. And then the last one I want to deal with is authorized. Means warranted by right, supported by authority. If somebody authorizes you, that authority is supporting you. They are backing you. Are you with me? Supported by authority, derived from legal or proper authority. You cannot be authorized and illegal. You can try your luck and go stand in the road and stop a couple of trucks. We hope you're saved. But if you are not authorized, if you're not backed by the legal authority, then you can go try and stand there and nothing's going to happen. But if you are by the traffic department and have on the clothing and the gear, when you stand there, you don't see that person. You see everything that person represents. Are you with me? So it's not them in their power. It's the authority that they represent. Are you with me? That's why the, the, the centurion said to Jesus, he said what? He said, I'm also a man under authority. When you saw that man, you saw the whole Roman kingdom. 
Are you with me? When he saw Jesus, he saw the kingdom of God. Are you with me this morning? So derived from legal or proper authority, having power or authority. So that's author, authority, and authorized. We're going to come to that and deal with that today. So Matthew chapter 16, verse 13 to 19, we're going to go in the amplified version. It says, now when Jesus went into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, who do people say the son of man is? And they answered, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, some say Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And he said to them, who do you yourself say that I am? Simon Peter replied, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Then Jesus answered him, blessed, happy, fortunate to be envied. Are you, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood men have not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. And I tell you, you are Peter, Greek Petros, a large piece of rock. And on this rock, Greek Petra, huge rock, like Gibraltar, I will build my church. Oh, I love that song this morning. And the gates of Hades, the powers of infernal nature, shall not overpower it or be strong to its detriment or hold out against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind, declare improper and unlawful, or on earth must be what is already bound in heaven, and whatever you lose, declare lawful, on earth must be what is already loosed in heaven. This thing is so rich on so many levels. And you have to understand something. Everything in Scripture... From the moment that Adam sinned, when God said, I'm going to bring a seed that's going to knock you. That, the whole scripture from Genesis up until the point of Jesus' birth was the following of that seed. Are you with me? Go look. It's where, so when you start in the, in, in the Gospels and you read, it gives you the genealogy. One even goes to Adam. What is it? It's the following of the seed. It was that promise that God gave. So from generation to generation to generation to generation, I'm not going to do that for 4,000 years about, they were looking for the Christ, the Messiah. So when this guy gets the revelation, this is the revelation of the seed being made manifest before his eyes. So in this point, you must take note of what he's saying. Are you with me? Because what Jesus is saying here is something that can shape our lives forever if we understand it in the fullness of what it is. Now, I know I've preached this many times before in terms of the detail, but I want to show you something this morning from a different perspective, but to show the same revelation so we can live by this truth. Because what do you see when you sing, build my church? Because if you have a misunderstanding it means you are misaligned, and if you are misaligned, you're never under authority. Because somebody that's not submitted is somebody that's misaligned to that authority. Amen. So either through disobedience or ignorance, you can be misaligned. So you can love Jesus and lack understanding and never possess what he, what he promised for your possession. And people can walk away and saying this thing with God doesn't work. But the reality is we never took the time to gain understanding. We treat him like a genie. So when we have issues, we come to God. And we want to pray now when the dung is duck. What we say where I come from. Now you want to pray. But no, if you had understanding, then you wouldn't need to even pray the way you're praying right now. Because you would already have the authority to deal with that thing that's in your life. So when we're digging into the Word of God, it's to get understanding. It's to do what? So that when you get the revelation, when you get the understanding, you align with God. And when you align, there's a flow. When you align, there's a flow. That's why when this Word came, an apostle declared this Word, I was like, here's something coming. I'm telling you now, it's called I knew it because why? God won't release that Word if there's not something that is pointing this to. So it's a season to what? Embrace this word, catch this word, go study this word. Why? So that you can walk in what God has got for you. God is doing things that we've never seen before. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. You can must two can say amen. David, amen, say Yolokum Sam. Come on. All of us need to go into what God has got this season. Don't look at your situation and your circumstance. You've got to look to the word. Amen. Let me get into it. So he says. I will build my church. And like you know, the first word there when you're dealing with build is oikos. And the word oikos means, the, the, the word is to what? 
It's, the Greek, it's found in the Greek, and it has three distinct meanings. It means families, the families of property, and the house. It also refers to the establishment of a lineage. So when Jesus says, I will build, he was saying, I come to reestablish the family. He came to restore us to our rightful position. Hear me, your position is essential for authority. He restores you to your rightful position of authority in terms of, the, of God, who is God, the author. The author's design. He comes to put you back in terms of the author's design. So when we're dealing at this level and we're dealing with oikos and what God has done in our lives, what Jesus did through the finished work of the cross, you're dealing with number one, I'm going to teach you about two, number one is divine authority. Divine authority is God's order in creation. Divine authority is God's purpose for creation. And divine authority is God's design assignment for creation. So we're dealing with the whole. So, when, God, when dealing with God's creation, are you with me? When dealing with the purpose of creation designed by God, established by God, you're dealing with something that you did not choose. God didn't ask you because you weren't here. What must a fish do? Are you with me? He didn't ask you, must there be water, must there be earth. He didn't ask you about photosynthesis. He didn't ask you about how things must function. He created it. He is the author. He put things in its place according to his design and not yours. So when you're dealing with divine authority, divine authority is not by your choice. It's set in place by God. It's an order that God creates and puts in place outside of you. So when you're dealing with the creation and you're dealing with what God did, the bird has the capacity to fly because of the divine authority placed in its in in its position within creation. Are you with me? A fish didn't decide one day, was walking on land and thought, I'm going to swim. No, his design was to swim. His design was to live in water. When God made a bird, he said, this thing is designed to fly. A bird didn't say, okay, I got nothing today and today. So my papa, some wings and I'm going to decide to fly. No, he did not have a choice. God created it that way. He authorized it to fly. He authorized the fish to swim. He authorized the plant to grow, to grow, to bear fruit, and to have more seed to go. You are you with me? But the plant never determined it by itself. God determined it before. It was in the mind of God first. That's divine authority. And the minute that plant, that fish, or that bird determines to get out of the environment that God created it to be in, it will destruct itself. It will no longer be authorized because the fish is not authorized on land. Once it's submitted to the environment that God designed for it, it is authorized to function in that place. Are you with me? Because submission precedes authorization. You cannot have be authorized if you are not submitted. Because what are you going to be authorized from? There's no legal power giving you authority. There's no backing to you. Like I said, if that person goes and steps out there, unsubmitted to the department, the, the traffic department, and decides to go and stand on the highway and stop a car, good luck, my friend. Why? He's got no backing. Are you with me? But whoever is submitted to that authority, that legal power, has a backing. Are you with me this morning? So submission precedes authority. So let's look at man. So God creates everything, and in the mind of God, the purpose of God, he creates things to be a certain way. Are you with me? No one had a choice at that point in time because it was divinely ordained. So when you go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, please go there. Genesis 1 verse 26 says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image according to our likeness, and let him have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, and over all the earth, and every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God, who is a king in heaven, in his domain, in the invisible kingdom, one that we cannot see with the natural eye, amen, God who is sitting in the kingdom, in his domain, says, I'm going to make a being called mankind. He never asked anybody. His design. 
said, I'm making him my image and in my likeness. I'm going to make him to look like me and have the ability to function like me. Basically, be born of me and be my offspring in the earth. God's desire, not yours. Divine authority. God then says, I'm going to make them, are you with me, to be this, this, this being, this spiritual being. And then he says, let them have dominion. Let them have, rather, let them have kingdom to rule over, to have dominion over. Are you with me? God says, let them have kingdom. Let them take as my sons and daughters, his design, not yours. Let them go into this realm that I created and let them establish my rule in that place under my delegated authority. Not your plan, God's plan. Are you with me? So God ordains it. God sets it and God says it's so. So we don't have the ability to change it because he's the author. You can tell somebody they come from a monkey and they might accept it and maybe even behave like it, but that's not us. Why? God's divine authority set it up in a way that we are designed to live in him and in his kingdom. So when he speaks to Adam, he says, if you eat of this, you will die. What was the death? It wasn't a natural death. The natural death followed the spiritual death. Why? Because it was a separation from source. Because death doesn't mean the non-existence of something. It means the separation from source. So he says, you're going to die. He says, because you're going to separate yourself from me. And I am your life. I am your source. And the minute you separate from me, death is the only outcome. You are no longer authorized. It's an illegal power. Are you with me? The enemy is an illegal power. And Adam made him legal by giving him the keys. But Jesus defeated him and made him illegal. So when he comes into your house, he's an illegal alien. He's not allowed. It's your decision whether you allow him in or kick him out. Are you with me? But it's illegal. It's an illegal power. So God creates man, this being, and this being is made in his image and his likeness, and his design is to have dominion. Okay, so let's deal with the next one. The ecclesia. The ecclesia is defined as a legislative assembly. So when you sing build your church, this is what you must see. Are you with me? He says... An ecclesia was a group of individuals who were old enough to vote, legislate, and develop governmental structures over their city or the community. It was a senate. When they came together, it was what we would refer to as parliament in our day. It was about legislature, dealing with a constitution, dealing with the rule over that place. Are you with me? And in the time of the Roman, of the Roman Empire, when they were taking over where Jesus was staying in Jerusalem, they had legislative power over that place. Are you with me? They had legislative power over that place. It was not clapping of hands, singing a song. No, when they came together, when they came together to a place, they came to determine the direction, the culture, what that place was going to live under, the economic state, how we're going to affect their health. Are you with me? Everything that concerned that community was determined by those people. That's why the Roman Empire said, have your church. Go to your temple, build it beautifully and build it nicely. Just don't interfere with this. It's very quiet here this morning. So Ecclesia is a kingdom concept. Are you with me? It's a kingdom concept. It's the vehicle through which the kingdom of God moves. So when you're dealing with the ecclesia, you're dealing with the legislative assembly of the kingdom of God to engage with the world and to change the culture of the world, to embrace the kingdom of God and see the demonstration of the kingdom in its power, in its fullness, in a place. So when you see the darkness of the world today, you can understand that the church is not doing what they're supposed to do. You see what's happening in your communities because the church is not doing what they're supposed to do. You see this virus thing? It's because the church is not doing what they're supposed to do. I'm telling you now, the church is out of position. 
Because where it says, even in that scripture, in Matthew chapter 6, it says that which is when you, when he says, I'll give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven. I'm not going to go down there, but I just want to say this. It says, when I give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, it says, whatever you bind means whatever you declare improper and unlawful. It says, must be what is already improper and unlawful in heaven. Sickness is improper and unlawful. Lack insufficiency is improper and unlawful. Are you with me this morning? So when we legislate, when we come together, he says, when and lose what you lose, when you lose something, what he say? He says, what you declare to be lawful according to the kingdom of God. Peace, prosperity, health, wholeness is what is found in the kingdom of God. It is lawful in the kingdom. So when you're under delegated authority and you declare those things to be, I'm not saying it from nothing or my power, no. I'm saying what is already in heaven as an authoritative person placed in the, in the earth as God's authorized individual. When I bind something, it's not because I just, I want to bind. No, it's what's already bound in heaven. So if you don't know what's bound or loosed in heaven, what's lawful and unlawful according to the word of God, don't bind. So when we come together, it's a clear here, we here, we here to gain understanding, to gain wisdom. But the sole purpose of us gathering to here is for apostolic movement. It's not to come here and clap your hands this morning and have a nice church service in Ghana too. That's not ecclesia. Are you with me? It's when we come together and we're saying, God, where's the territory that you've assigned to me? You know what I'm saying? What have you proportioned for my life? There's a divine authority for each and every person. God designed you to have dominion. So the ultimate goal of your life, irrespective of what sphere of influence you call to, is what? No chocolates for me. Is dominion. If you are not having dominion in your life, then you know you're not fulfilling the divine purpose and plan of God. Because it's His design. You never ask for it. You must have dominion over your circumstances. You must have dominion over sickness and disease. You must have dominion in your business. You must have dominion wherever you go. Why? It's God's design, not mine. I didn't say so. He said so. So the ultimate goal of setting up the ecclesia is to dominate. Is the church dominating like we should? No, why aren't we asking the question? Why don't we stand up and say, God, what do we need to know? What do we need to change? What understanding do I need to get? How do I change this thing? Are you with me? Because we are authorized under divine authority to have dominion. It's the way you were made. A fish don't have to ask how to swim. A bird don't have to ask how to fly. What do they do if the mother eagle wants to fly? They just kick him out the nest instinctively, because it was authorized to fly, it will fly. So when you get born again, instinctively, dominion is the outcome for your life. Because of divine authority. Amen. So, Adam, in essence, was an ecclesia. There was church. It was worship, like we think three fast, you know, three fast, three slow. Then an offering, and then a quick word. He didn't have that in the garden, no. But he was, he was what? He was a senate. He was a sent one. God put him in a place to do what? To extend and expand the kingdom of God. He was an ecclesia in himself, in how God ordained him. And he had no opposition. There was no legal power that could come up against him. No legal power. I mean, there was no legal power that could come up against him. When he met with that slung in the garden that day, he had a decision to make, and he chose wrong. Are you with me? He misaligned himself with authority by submitting himself to a false God. Are you with me? So the misalignment brought the opposition in. But he had no opposing power. 
All he had to do is be fruitful, have dominion, and really multiply. And take over wherever he goes. Are you with me? Because he could have banned that illegal power from touching us forever. He had authority. That's why God couldn't step in to do anything because God did not have the authority. God gave it to man. God said, this place is for you, you rule. So God needs to work through a man to get into the earth. Not because of anything, because in his sovereignty, he ruled himself out. He said, I'm giving you authority. You have dominion, not me. I will rule through you. But you've got to allow me in. Are you with me? Because he didn't make a robot. He made one like him. Are you understanding me this morning? So he never had an opposing power, but now we do. Even though that a power is defeated, the problem is because of ignorance and because of, of us accepting the lie and the deception of the enemy, we've made allowances for us to be governed and ruled by systems that should not. So the minute he gave him the keys that day to Satan, Satan took that keys and built systems to govern the earth. That's why, how can you believe the media? Just a thought. If they tell you tomorrow something's happening, all of you will believe it. I'm guaranteed. Why? You've been indoctrinated that way. Think about it. If Macro puts on an advert tomorrow and says all 55-inch HD TVs are going for two rand fifty. For two rand fifty, where are you going to be tomorrow morning? Before that shop opens. Did you see it? Did you see it? Did you see the price tag on the TV? Were you in the shop? Why did you believe it? Because that little box told you so. It's his design. Governments, how do we vote the same people in power? It's not only here, please hear me. It's not only here. Don't make like we unique as South Africa. It's all over. How do you vote the same people in power? How do we keep the same governmental systems? And it's not working. It's not working. But you believe. <laughs> and then I give you a word and then you say, sure, I don't know if I can. I tell you, all life is in the word of God. Like, aye, aye, aye. Everything you need, want in the word of God. You can go fetch it yourself. Uh, you know, that's why, that's why they have a sale at Macro for 2 and 50. Everybody's there, but you have a, a morning of prayer. And you have prayer on Saturday morning, there's five people. Why? Because what do you believe? What system is governing you? There is an opposing power who is only given power by the only authority that can give him, and that's man. That's why Jesus came as one who was authorized and took back the keys. He couldn't come as God. He, could, he had to be God made man. Why? Because man has the authority here. The enemy needs you just like God needs you. So through subtlety and indoctrination through the systems of the world, he binds you without even knowing you bound. The Bible says he's deceived who? The whole world. So the minute you think you're not deceived, ask a question. Are you with me this morning? I want you to understand this because unless we gain understanding, we're not going to break through. So when you're dealing with the system and the way the world is today, and what's happening in the world today, it's not like it was in the Garden of Eden. You have the same authority. But that opposing power and system is what we're going up against. Are you with me? So that's why when God instituted the ecclesia through Jesus and what he said, it was what? It was the vehicle to deal with that opposing power. It's the power. Hear me? The ecclesia is the power in the earth. The church is the power in the earth. We're the only ones who can destroy that thing. The only ones who are authorized to destroy that thing. So this is where per personal authority comes into play. Personal authority comes from divine authority. It's submission to God's order in creation. 
So the order that God assigned in creation, you have to remain submitted to in order to thrive. It's the discovery of God's purpose in creation. What's your specific role within the ecosystem of the kingdom of God? And number three, it's the full to fulfill the assignment that you were sent in creation to do, to fulfill the assignment of God upon your life in the earth. So now you have divine, divine authority, creates mankind in the image and likeness of God, potential and power, and who's authorized to have dominion. Amen? But now when you come to personal authority, God sets up spiritual systems in the earth, which I preached on Wednesday night, what to give you what you need to fulfill the specific purpose for your life. So you call to a territory, to a domain. Are you with me? You call to go to education, government, whatever it is. You call to influence society in the specific way that God ordained it for you. Are you with me this morning? I'm not called to government. I don't think so, and I hope not. But somebody is. Somebody is. Are you with me? Are you called to family, to build a family? Are you called to the economic mountain? Are you called to the religious mountain? Are you called to build uh, um, government? Are you called media, arts, entertainment? Where has God assigned you to be? What is your gifting and your purpose and your uniqueness, your personal authority that God has assigned to you in order for you to function? So when God gives us the ecclesia and the model of the ecclesia, when he gives us the church, it's not just for just. Are you with me? It's he says this body, this body of people, this body of Christ, this ecclesia, this senate, this governmental authority that are placed in the earth is to extend the kingdom. But not all of us are going to do the same thing. So you can't all be preaching the word on a Sunday morning. Are you understanding me? So God says, no, now in this house, there's so many people here that's called to fulfill the vision that God has placed in this house. Why? Because it's apostolic, it's territorial, it's to go somewhere, it's to have dominion. But listen to the power of this, because unless you are submitted even in the level of personal authority, you will never get to what God has got for you. Let's go. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 7 to 3. In the King James, is that the King James? Okay, cool. It says, hmm? chapter 4, sorry, verse 1, forgive me. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 1, and we're going to go from 1 to 7. 1 to 13. 1. There we go. I therefore, presence of the Lord, beseech you that ye walk worthy, ooh, ye, walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called, with all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one spirit, even as you are all called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. So what he set up now in the first six verses, read carefully, it's about the unity. Are you with me? It's about us being one, about the oneness of who we are. But listen here. He says, number seven. But unto every one of us is given grace. According to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. Now that he ascended, what is, what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same one who also ascended far up far above all the heavens that he might fulfill all things. So think about it now. He's now broken down about the ascension and the descension to make reference to Jesus Christ. Now, 11. And he gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of faith and the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of stature of the fullness of Christ. Now, hear me. Go back, verse 7. Listen, yeah, we pay attention, amen. Listen, so he says, I, in the first six verses, he breaks it down and he speaks of the unity, the oneness. Are you with me? He says, we're all part of one. We're all part of what? The body. But we're all individual members. Then he comes into verse, he says, but unto everyone of us is given grace. Empowerment according to the measure of the gift of Christ. What is that gift that's speaking about there? 
Not your gift. Read. Study there. But unto every one of us is given, given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Go to the next verse. It says, wherefore he saith, when he ascended upon high, he led captivity captive and gave what? Gifts unto men. So he's again spoken about the gifts, right? Twice. Now go straight to verse 11. Because verse 9 and 10 is dealing with the fact of proving who ascended and descended, which is Jesus Christ. But if you take out that reference point and go straight to this, he says, and he gave. That's the gift. Somewhat. Apostles, somewhat prophets, somewhat evangelists, some pastors, some teachers for the perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry. Go back to seven. But unto everyone who's given what? Grace. According to the measure of the gift. So according to the measure of the gift, the fivefold that God places in your midst is the empowerment that comes upon you for the work that God has called you to do. I hope you're catching this this morning because when he speaks of the gift, if you go, don't change, don't move from the scripture. But in Ephesians chapter 4 verse 11, if you go in the New King James or in the NLT, it says, it says, but God gave gifts unto men, gave gifts, the apostle, the prophet, are you with me? So when he's dealing with the gifts, he's dealing with the ecclesia. Are you understanding me? He's saying that when you have an ecclesia, when you have a senate, I'm going to send a fivefold, which are gifts. Into your midst. Why? Because God, God, through divine authority, mandates you to have dominion. But because of your fight and where we come from in terms of a fallen system, there are deficits in you. You have the fullness of Christ, but your soul is the challenge. And so even though you are the pinky and the pinky can function and flow like it must flow, you still need the body. Because the pinky without the body means nothing. Cut it off and it dies. Are you with me? So God gives you a fivefold to administer to you what you need in order for you to function as the pinky in the body. If you cut this finger, platelets will come and it will form a scab and it will heal. But there's certain systems in your body that administers those things in order to bring healing for what? For you to function again. So even though we ordain as the ecclesia to have dominion in the earth, God puts spiritual systems in the earth. He gives gifts unto men. Why? Why is it a gift? Because that grace that is upon them can come upon you if you align to it. You didn't pay for it. I didn't pay for apostle to be here. I didn't pay for his studies. I didn't support him. God did. Why? Because God gave him as a gift to me. Why? Because it's a grace upon him that I need to go where I need to go. Because I'm authorized. Amen. I'm authorized. I'm not a son in disobedience. I'm authorized to go into a place. Even when the things started changing with Aaron and myself and where God started taking us and the stuff that's been happening in the last thing is just like, your Lord, whoa. But I'm authorized. I had a meeting yesterday, the day before. The day before. Yeah, I had a meeting the day before. I'm sitting with this guy, da, 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 and the one guy is super intellectual, like heavy, short, and he's eating stuff. Like, and I need to go back to school. And I'm sitting, and I'm sitting, and I came home that night. I came home late. I came home like, shit, man. And... Unfortunately, my wife was asleep because I needed to speak to somebody, so it was fine. So when I woke up first thing in the morning, I'm like, babe, man, sure, I sat in this thing, but I was so intimidated, blah, 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 blah. She just said, remember, honey, you authorized to be there. God called you to be there. No, wait. So I must go back to them now the next day because I need to seal the deal. But now I'm, when, I, when I came home the night, I'm like, sure. I even told her, I said, this one guy, it, like the way he looked at me and treated me, it was almost like, yo, I'm like not used to this now. Like I don't even have a favor. Didn't say anything, but just the way I felt like it was offish with me and on with everybody else. And he's sitting with the deal. I'm like, yeah, something's not right here, man. And I almost submitted myself to that thing. Almost. But she reminded me. She said, no, God called you. You know when you hear something from your wife and it's like, <laughs> it's like God called you. 
he told you, you know, da, 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 reinforcing it. I'm like, okay, yeah, okay, cool, man. And so I get up, I go, and I go to the meeting, and the complete shit. Because I'm authorized. Let me tell you something. That guy I had long time with him, the deal is done. <laughs> Praise the Lord. The deal is done. But when I left, the guy that I said, I'm thinking this guy don't like me for nothing. He stops me and says, please take my number. I need you to speak to me. Why? No, no, no. It's not because of my anointing or my power. It's because I'm authorized. There's a backing behind me. Are you with me? Because even the enemy will try to put fear and intimidation upon you to misalign with the grace that's in your life. Are you with me? When she reminded me, I'm like, yay me. You know what I'm saying? And when I went there, I said, no, I bind every work of darkness. This spirit that wants to come and control me, I bind you now. You submit now to the kingdom. When I, and I'm telling you, when I came in, it was like, why? Because I'm authorized. Now, had I gone outside of my authority as an unsubmitted person, that devil saw my slang. Go read what the, 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 the demon did to the seven sons of Sceva. They said, in, in the name of, of Paul and Apollos, and now I say, the name of Jesus, the name that Paul and Apollos preaches, we cast you out, that thing hit them. Why? Because they were unsubmitted. They were not under authority. Are you with me this morning? So God will put in your presence a grace that is needed. Are you with me? Because of the grace that's in this house, that is designed in this house to bring you into, to take over, to deal with purpose, to deal with leadership, to deal with territory, to deal with dominion. If you listen to Apostle Preach, you can hear the grace of God upon his life. When you align with that grace, then what is on there and what is a deficit here must be fulfilled here so I can have dominion. Are you with me this morning? It's so simple. We mustn't complicate it. Don't complicate this thing and make it what it isn't. Your flesh don't like submission. Flesh don't like submission. You know when the doors open up for what, for what God is doing, and we'll give the testimony at the later stage. But when God opened up the doors and stuff like that, the one thing I said, okay, Lord, this thing needs to be right with the pastor. Because I need to get the nod. And he gave me the nod. So I'm delegating. Because I'm also a man under authority. Are you with me? Let me tell you something. The favor of God that I'm experiencing in my life is levels. It's like I... I laugh at night because I can't even comprehend. Erin and I sit at night and we laugh. I come home from um, we just burst out laughing. We're like, yo, is this like real? <laughs> is, is this what we were talking about for the past 15 years? Is this what we were pressing for and pushing for? Is this why it is? You understand what I'm saying? Why? Because, let me read this. Let me go to something for you. I'm going to end with this. Let's, do, let's go to 1 Samuel chapter 16. I want to give you a case study. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 1 to 13. Now the Lord said to Samuel, How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I'm sending you to Jesse, the Bethlehemite, for I have provided for myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go if Saul hears it? He will kill me. But the Lord said, Take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord. Then the invite of then invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do and you shall anoint for me the one I named to you. So Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said, do you come peaceably? And he said, peaceably, I've come to sacrifice the Lord. Sanctify yourselves and come with me to the sacrifice. And he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, surely the Lord's anointed one is before him. But the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or his physical stature because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. He looks on the, uh, for man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. So Jesse called the Binadab and he made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass, pass by and he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Jesse, and thus Jesse made the seven of his sons pass before Samuel. And Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen these. And Samuel said to Jesse, 
are all the young men here. And he said that he means the youngest. There is good look. There is keeping the sheep. And Simon said to Jesse, send him, send and bring him, for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in, and now he was ready with bright eyes and good looking like Pastor Brian. And the Lord said, arise, anoint him, for this is the one. And Samuel said, take the horn. Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forth. So Samuel arose and went to Ramah. So here you find this boy who's a reject. Literally a reject. Hear me. When if, if the elders of the town had to go and find out why this man was coming, it means everybody knew he was coming. And it's like, it's like this massive visitation happens for your family, but you tell the one son, son come sit later. How do you feel? That is a direct indication of how he was always treated. This is not a, uke, a, a, uke, a unique situation for this boy. This was his norm. Forever rejected, forever set aside, never considered, never be the one. That's the norm. The prophet comes and says, none of these. He says, no, where's that? He says, there's that boy. He says, there. He says, okay, go fetch and bring him here. Why? Because somebody that submitted to authority, God will come find you to promote you. I'm telling you now, God will come find you to promote you. One who is submitted, the Lord will come and find you to promote you. The Bible says, honor the Lord, honor your mother and your father with long life. He will satisfy you. David knew the word. He submitted to his father, even though his own father rejected him. He submitted to the protocol and the principle. He was in legal right for promotion. Legally. He wasn't illegal because he was submitted. That prophet came from wherever and God said, you go. Samuel even cried about Saul and said, he says, how long will you mourn for this guy? Get up and go anoint the other one that I've chosen for myself. Not that man chose, I've chosen for myself. He says, I look upon the heart. He said, this boy that can submit at this level deserves to rule. God anoints him. Now he's anointed what? King. He knows he's next in line. The Bible says he anoints him where? In front of his brothers. But you know, he never turned around and said, no, Kanyalasi. He went back and tended the sheep. Go read later in that, in, that, in, that, in that chapter, you'll find that it says that they needed to get somebody to play the thing for Saul because of the issues he was having because the Spirit of God departed from him and the Spirit of God was now on David. And even though David was anointed to be king, there was still an authoritative figure in the palace which he could not violate. So God says, no. They say, no, there's a guy that plays his harp, whatever. Where did they find him? In the field, in the same place, still submitted but anointed. So don't think because you were anointed, you no longer qualify for submission. Because <laughs> power outside of authority is illegal. You don't go preaching wherever you want to preach. If you submit it to a house, you submit it to a father. You don't go do your own stuff. No, they're just trying to control me. Do what you want to do. Because you're an illegal power. It's not about your anointing and your gifting. It's whether you can submit to authority. Hear me. It's whether you can submit to authority because that's where the real power lies. When he goes out and he's found in the place of submission, his father says to him, go. Go, to, go, to, go feed your brothers and be a Uber Eats there. That will Uber Eats and something there. David gets onto the scene. He sees this giant. He's like, what, what's going on here, guys? What's the problem? He's got the anointing upon him to defeat the enemy. But what happens first? They take him to Saul, to the authority. And the legal authority says what? Go and defeat. Otherwise, he would have been an illegal power. He would have been an illegal power. But now he's got the legal back. And he says, no, the Lord will come up against you today. He could take over and defeat the enemy because he was submitted to personal authority. He was a man that was submitted and that's why he could fulfill what God wanted him to fulfill. This thing is not about you building a brand or my this or my that. No, your brand will be in there. It's not like there's no names in the Bible. 
you understand? It's not like some guy defeated Goliath. No, David. His name, his brand is there. But he submitted. Are you understanding me? You cannot do the exploits that you want to do unless you abide by authority in the kingdom of God. It's not going to work. It's not going to work. There's territories that's before you that God wants you to walk in. It gives your father greater pleasure than you could ever have in fulfilling your purpose. God gets a greater joy than you in seeing you fulfill your purpose. Have any of you seen your children done do well? Any of you? What does it feel like? This week I went to go watch Judah play cricket. Boy, don't tell me anything. Right? I buy in the cricket stuff, whatever. I'm like, okay, I'm going to go and just pop around by the field. I've got no idea he can bowl. Like, I've got no idea. Like, literally got no idea. How come he bowls two overs? He takes four wickets. Now, I've got greater joy than what he did. I can tell you now, the way I felt, I was like, I'm sending my wife. I'm like, yay, this guy. When he came over, I said, hey, you didn't tell me anything. He's like, yeah, but dad. I'm like, but dad, nothing. But I was so proud. I was like, okay, with the British COVID, there's no parents, you know what I'm saying? Because I'd have been like, yes, it's my lady. It's my boy. Judah. It gives me a greater privilege and a joy. This thing that God has given is not to keep stuff from you. It's to get you into what God has got for you. So stop looking at it in a negative perspective. Your father put these things in place so that you can flourish. When you hear a word like authorized or authority or God is doing this thing, it's a season of promotion. It's a season of promotion. I'm stepping into places that I never thought possible. Seriously. But I'm in a domain that God has authorized me to be. And things are shifting and changing. Are you understanding me? It took 15 years. I'm not saying it must take 15 years for you. I heard a deep word. You know what I'm saying? I was one of that ones the Lord had to say, go no another time. She finished no, no, no another time. But it took 15 years of submission. And I'm still submitted. To get to that point of promotion where there's delegated authority. Where the fivefold in my life, I'm partaking of the grace to do what God has called me to do. Amen. You cannot move outside of God's timing, God's plan, God's purpose. And many times in your time, not many times, in your time of preparation, one of your key challenges is submission. Key challenge is submission. That boy stayed submitted for how long? I'm telling you now, you cannot enter unless you are authorized. In Numbers chapter 13, they had a promise a promise, God promised, a promise to Abraham, which was like almost a thousand-year-old promise. God delivers them supernaturally out of Egypt. They get to the place where they must go in. Their unbelief keeps them out, right? Unbelief, God says, okay, now you can't go in this generation. You're going to have to die in the wilderness. So you're not authorized, even though it's still a promise. Even though it's a promise, they're not authorized. The next day, they say, we're going to go in. He said, don't go. You're like, I'm pakre. They go. They get the ID. Why? Even though that place was the place of promise, they were not authorized at that point in time. That's why when Joshua went in, he was authorized. Now's the time. Now you're going. When he had one defeat, he said, Father, why? What's going on here? Not because of his power or because there was such a great army. Because he knew he was authorized. Somebody violated something which took that authority away. And when he did what he needed to do, he put it back in place and he could walk into the promised land. So even though there's a destiny, I know there's a destiny upon your life. It's upon all of our lives. I know God has called you for great things. It's upon all of us. But why are so few fulfilling? Because we're not submitted, one, to divine authority and to personal authority. The authority placed in our lives according to the setup of the ecclesia, the senate. When you're going into a place, it's for governmental rule. I'm not going there to make friends. That's how that enemy came up against me like that on Friday. The doors that opened from that same person is going to bless this place. 
And I'm not even just, I'm not talking about money. I'm talking about what God has shown me and given me and spoken to me three years ago. Hey, boy, the three, three, two to three years ago, I had a presentation that had three hours. I'm like, I got this thing in here. One meeting. But if I had to submit myself to that spirit and not believe that I'm authorized, I'd have been in trouble. Amen. What God is doing in this season, hear me, is going to promote his people as beacons of light in territories and domains. Not for yourself. It's for the world. People are dying. People are struggling. And they believe in the rubbish that the world is feeding on. It's time for us to get up, grow up, and become all that God has called us to be. A submitted person is a mature person. Is a mature person. And submission is only submission when you don't agree. Eh? Let's just throw, that, that is the bonus, the bonus track on the LV, on the LP. Submission is only submission when you don't agree. Because if you want to go to the toilet and I say yes, you can go to the toilet, then it's fine. But if you want to go to the toilet and say no, you can't go to the toilet, then we'll see. Are you with me? But mature people can. It's time for us to grow up. Hear me. Though we're experiencing breakthrough now in a time where economically the world is in a state. We're coming into our best now. I'm telling you. Because why? God wants to show off his church and say it works this way. Amen. I think I'm done. I don't want to go on. Hey, is this water? It's flowing from the sanctuary. Don't worry. It's prophetic. I just be conscious, spiritually conscious, and spiritually discerning of what's happening in the season. Words, sometimes we, we hear words and you think that Apostle wanted to get something. You can come up, guys. You think Apostle wanted to get something nice. You know what I mean? To get you to make a shout or make a noise. We say the harvesting generation thinks, oh, gee, you know what I'm saying? The things that is happening from the pulpit, the word that is coming forth, the title of conferences, the launching of stuff and ministries, is not because we're looking for stuff to do. Hear me, please. There's more than enough to do. It's because he's listening to what God is saying so that when the word is spoken, we align with the word and we possess. It's as simple as that. So be discerning in this hour as Kingdom Life Embassy. Don't miss your moment. I'm praying, really, I'm praying for each and every person in this church. I'm praying that we won't miss it. I'm praying that our eyes will be open, that God will speak to you clearly. That you'll be obedient in the season to what God is calling you to do. Because it's generations to follow that's going to be blessed by the decisions you're making today. I'm telling you, if you look at the rate of the mess, you can see the rate of the work that must come from the kingdom. It's not a time to sit back, to slack, to get comfortable. There's no way. It's time to get up and say, Father, I know you've called me to what a time such as this. I'm submitted to divine authority that says I am made for dominion. And I'm submitted to personal authority because I know there's a call of God upon my life. Father, we come before you in the name of Jesus. We thank you for who you are. I thank you, Daddy, that this moment in time, this season that you've called us to as your church is giving birth to sons and daughters who will extend and expand the kingdom into territories, Father God, that are ripe for the harvest. I speak a blessing over each and every person under the sound of my voice, and I thank you, Lord God, that there's a spiritual awakening taking place inside of them. That they're seeing things the way that it needs to be seen. That they're hearing a voice, that they submitted, they're maturing, Father God. They're gaining understanding in the season so that they can walk in all that you have for them in Jesus' name. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. With every head bow and eye, head bow and eye close.
if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, this is the starting point, the dominion that God has assigned to you in divine authority. The purpose of God, the plan of God for your life starts where God recreates you and makes you back in His image and His likeness. And that is only through Jesus Christ. So if you don't know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, or you once made that commitment, you say, you know what, Pastor B, I just feel I need to come back to Jesus. I need to make a fresh commitment to God in this season. Then I want to pray for you, whether online or in this house. If that's you, just lift up your hand very quickly. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If that's you, if you're online, DM us, tell us, please, I need to say the sinner's prayer. I need to connect with Jesus. I need to connect with Him. Amen. And we want to connect with you personally. Now, everybody, just say with me. Say, dear Lord Jesus, I believe with all my heart that you are the Son of God, that you came down from heaven to this earth, died on the cross for the forgiveness of my sin, rose again three days later that I may have life. Jesus, come into my heart, wash me, cleanse me, and make me brand new. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. Amen and amen. Come on, give a shout of praise this morning. Just stay seated this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I just want to share with you very quickly for the offering this morning. It's time to give our seed. Amen. I just want to say something. I want to share a testimony. When you sow your seed or you bring your tithe into the storehouse, it is a submission of your resources to an economy that has the authority to bless you beyond compare. When you don't submit your money, it is illegal in the kingdom. So don't expect God to produce a harvest where you have not sown. It's illegal for you not to put the apple seed in the ground in your house and go out every morning and demand that soil to give you a fruit. Can't happen. Why? It's not submitted to the source. When your money is not submitted to the source or let me say rather the source of the kingdom you can't expect the kingdom to give you a harvest if your money stays going to the world then you must ask the world to give you money ask the world for your breakthrough but the bible says if you submit your finance you bring your tithe into the storehouse god puts a promise in malachi chapter 3 amen He'll open up the windows of heaven. Your, your, your vine will not cast its fruit. He'll, he'll rebuke the devourer for a second. There's, four, there's two other, three other there. What's that? That is the authority of heaven's provision when my seed is submitted. Last year, and even now I'm speaking about, about being cognizant and discerning of what's taking place in your environment. Last year we had the conference with Dr. Bill. And uh, we had massive speakers, Dr. Bill, Bishop Tudor, and dear me, there's some stuff in the rumblings the Apostle will share with you that's coming. But we heard what was going on. And my wife and I, we had a discussion. We said, we want to sow a seed. We want to sow a significant seed, something we can't afford. We want to sow into the conference, into the word that God is releasing. We submitted that seed. Two weeks ago, we sowed the biggest seed we could ever have sowed before. We never sowed a seed like that. No, hear me. We sowed the biggest seed we've sown so far. Let me put it that way. So far. I brought my children into the room. I said, we're sowing the seed before I did the transfer. I said, we're sowing the seed. Why? Because God has increased us. And I want you to understand that this seed is going now into this place for our next season. And we attach the word to that season, to that, to that seed. Why? Because we're submitting our increase to the source of the kingdom of God. When the year started, I said, I put down a number, I said, Daddy, this year, I want to sow so much. And I'm on my way now to sow that number. Hear me, I'm, I'm, I'm saying this because when, when your money is submitted to the kingdom, increase is authorized. The blessing is authorized. The conference is coming. The conference is coming. When Dr. Bill came and came to our studios to, to host his, his conference that was for Africa, we never charged. We sowed seed as business into that moment. Why? Because we know what God is doing. When the prophet is saying something from the pulpit, we're not working as spiritually dense people in Jesus' name, Lord, that it never be so amongst us. 
but we're listening so we can be obedient and submit ourselves. Why? So that God can pour at the next level because increase, abundance, and the blessing is lawful in the kingdom of God. And when I'm submitted in my money, I can say I'm walking in that divine authority. Amen. Amen. Take your seat in your hand this morning. And let us pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you that you bless our seed this morning as you bring our tithes, our offerings into the stores, Father. I thank you that we're submitting our finances, Lord God, to the economy of the kingdom. And we're calling for a press down, shaken together, and running over. Men shall point our bosom, harvest in the season, Father God. As we've sown, we know that your kingdom works, and our money is now under the authority of kingdom of the kingdom of God. In Jesus' name we pray. We all agree and say, Amen and Amen. Build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. We your church, build your church, build your church, build it from the ground up. It's your church, build your church, build your church. Amen and amen. I love this part of that song that says, How beautiful are the feet of they that carry the gospel. Amen. It's our season. It's our time. Embassy, you are the one. You are authorized. You are authorized to go into spheres and territories that God has ordained for you in this season. Father, I speak a blessing upon this church, each and every person connected online and in this house. I decree and declare, Father God, that breakthrough upon breakthrough and a breaking in anointing is upon us in this season. That people are going to be assigned in this season the fields of harvest that you've ordained for them, Father. I call for a release upon this church today. I declare and declare people are authorized to walk in all that you have for them and that the blessing of the Lord now will be made manifest wherever they go in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Come on, church. This week, go and take the territory, take over, and do what God has called you to do. Amen.